0: Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're back with part two of our interview with Angela Harrington of Hotel Grinnell. Today, Angela is talking about why she's passionate about small places versus big, and why making an impact in a small place is, in her words, a very worthy endeavor. But before we get started, we want to give you a word from today's sponsor, Hotel Grinnell. Hotel Grinnell in Grinnell, Iowa is the hottest weekend getaway destination in the Midwest. Centrally located between Chicago, Des Moines, Minneapolis, and Kansas City, Hotel Grinnell makes for a perfect place to meet in the middle. Built inside a 100 year old school, Hotel Grinnell offers upscale accommodations, a great bar, and outdoor patio right downtown, plus a conference and wedding venue for events from 10 to 400. Visit hotelgrinnell.com or call 641-236-9250 to book your stay at Hotel Grinnell, where chemistry is our favorite subject. Thanks again to Hotel Grinnell for sponsoring today's podcast. And now we're taking you to part two of our interview with Hotel Grinnell owner, Angela Harrington. So as you were going through this process, what were some of the non-negotiables for you? like things that you knew you had to have in order to make this work? So
1: non-negotiables were, you know, taking the ceilings back to the 12 and 15 foot height, getting all that natural light in there, Mm -hmm. um, I thought would be compelling for a visitor. One of the challenges and also the non-negotiables was that the building had always had a central heating and cooling system. You could only have one temperature in the whole building, well, in a hotel, good Lord, you have to have, somebody wants it 60 and then somebody wants it 90. or you know. Yeah. So you have to have individual control. So that was a huge, huge expense, huge debacle, but something that we have, to, we just have yeah. to have. We have to have this because the actually the mechanical system was in great shape, but it wasn't a mechanical system we could use because we needed to have individual control in yeah. 45 guest rooms. So, that was a non-negotiable. Some of the other things that maybe people thought I was crazy is that I I did not duplicate one piece of art in the entire hotel, and that about killed me because it's it's a more it's <laughs> a, lot a very daunting. Well, and some things you know I couldn't afford to pay somebody a hundred grand to be um, a procurement person. Yeah. So I chose the linens. I chose all of that stuff, but holy cow, when it starts flying in the door is when it gets really crazy. Because <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness. You know, and things are coming too early and things are, so that was really, um, I'll have to do that differently next time. But <laughs> um, I wanted the best linens. I wanted everything that your toes touch or touches your skin to be the best on the planet. So I went with a woman-owned company that um, called Parachute that I uh, fell in love with. I felt that their stuff was the softest thing. I liked what they stood for. Um, and then some other, you know, we, obviously we, those floors, the wood floors and all the guest rooms were covered up with glue and carpet for a bazillion years. And so we restored all of those. And they're, I mean, they're back to 1921. Those kids were running around in that school <laughs> on those floors. And they're beautiful. So, yeah. They're just, They're just gorgeous. So, um, yeah. So we had to have 45 bathrooms and 45. So that was
0: the most daunting things of the project, the individual hitting and cooling and that plumbing. Yeah. So I actually, you gave me a tour right before we started our interview, and I'm just blown away by the creativity. But talk about some of those special touches that you Mm. made sure to add, and you incorporated the school theme in a lot of things. Mm Mm-hmm. I really think that it's important um, to celebrate
1: where you are in the world. Yeah. Instead of pretend you're, you know, I, I just wanted it to feel... When you stay in a hotel that's a franchise or that's duplicated a lot because of, you know, financial whatever reasons that, that have to happen to make that happen, I wanted you to wake up and not your first thought was, Now, where am I? You know, you hear that you're in the music business. So you hear that by artists. They're like have to be prompted, like, don't forget you're in Nashville, not Denver. (laughs) Yes. And so I feel the same way about cookie cutter and box, you know, the boxes, you know, there's the same boxes on the interstate and more and more in retail, more and more in restaurants, more and more in hotels, the same exact thing. And part of that you know, people like predictability. They want to make sure that their money is not ill-spent. You know, that's right. they say, oh, I know what I'm going to get. My money is going to be safe if I visit that restaurant because it's the same in Nashville. I don't have a chance that I'm not going to like it or I'm going to waste my money. So the challenge was then in creating a really interesting product that waylaid that enough and that had a legitimacy enough to... Um, compel you to believe at least once Um, but I wanted this place to celebrate where it was in the world it's in Grinnell Iowa it's not in Des Moines it's not in Chicago it's in Grinnell but the palettes are the same in New York as they are in Denver as they are in Grinnell Iowa Mm -hmm. we all watch the same food channel we all watch the decor shows so the palettes are very very similar across you know um, states and, and even seems like countries so I wanted it to feel comfortable if your preference was uh, the best boutique hotel in New York or Chicago I wanted you to feel like this rivals those and I believe it does so I wanted to celebrate where it was in the world and I wanted to give a nod to its beginnings yeah it is a school so I have this great company, a branding company, that I said, Hey, I need to, you know, build this brand around it. I'm calling it Hotel Grinnell. I don't care what anyone says, I'm calling it that because <laughs> it's self-optimizing. And I wanted it to be kind of the iconic, you know, hotel that is Grinnell. Yeah. Right? So a lot of the touches came through that branding process. But it was funny because Um, you know if you think about a school I also wanted this hotel to be very sexy and I worried about that a lot that oh a sexy school sounds really creepy you know (laughs) so there were lots of things that we came up with that were like oh so it was very important to be somewhat subtle
0: Uh But yet
1: get the point that you're in a school without being creepy. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, your keys come in the little sleeves and they say hall pass. It's subtle, nod, sexy, and it, you know, has has its beginnings in a scholastic environment, which is important. So we only have pencils in the rooms, number two, pencils. Um, we have, uh, report cards, your, uh, statement and your registration is printed out on notebook, line to notebook paper. Um, we hang a tie on the door instead of a do not disturb, you know, it's just that fun process that, that, the branding person, her name is Chris Conyers. She said, Oh, we need, you should have an apple on the desk, uh, on the guest room desk. Mm-hmm. And I first thought of was, Oh, Adam and Eve thing, that didn't go very well. That's what I my brain went to. And she said, no, you know, like a teacher, teacher, apple on the desk. Yeah. And then I thought, all I'm seeing is snow white and poisonous apples. <laughs> and, but anyway, she went out and we said, okay. But those were the kinds of discussions that we had about, yeah. ooh, is that, cr-? you know, it's very, it, we needed to be really subtle, but, and I
0: wanted to be classy and, you know. It's very well done. Thank you. I love it. You were telling me about the ironwork in all the rooms. Yeah. You want to share more about that? Absolutely. That was a fun thing. So even new hotels,
1: you start seeing very quickly with veneer. You start seeing, um, you know, the nicks and the things, and then you have to replace it so quickly. And I really also wanted not only to give a nod to this was a school, Mm -hmm. but Grinnell has this fantastic history of innovation and industrial heritage. So I wanted to have it feel, that's the other word I would put with classy, sexy, I wanted it to feel industrial like the town's beginnings and then also have those nods to the school. And I really love that you know iron industrial look and I hate veneer. And Solid wood is way too expensive or it's not sustainable, one Mm -hmm, or the other. mm -hmm. So um, iron was a natural choice. It kind of just fell right in. And um, so I was looking at different companies and that sort of thing. But this is another, you know, my experience in the chamber. I knew who did what in town. So I reached out to a metal fabricating company that's just south of town. And they said, hey. I'm trying to build some furniture, can I, you know, and so I, all I did was I gave them the sketches or the pictures off the internet that I had, and I said, I need this, and then we tweaked things, you know, based on rooms, you know, the rooms and what we needed, like those armwares and things, and they engineered it all, and it was all of the furniture in this whole place, and except the upholstery, the items were, made just south of here in Linville. And they're beautiful. Thank you. Or is it Sully? One of the other. Linville Sully. Um, And it is, you know, 10 times the steel, and it was um, a lot more affordable than the Chinese product. So I got a better product. Because you're not shipping it thousands and thousands across in a shipping container, it's right down there. And the guys who made it brought it up here in a truck. So... That was a really fun experience, and they did a fantastic
0: job. What has been one of your biggest surprises along the way through this journey? I would say two big surprises, even after being
1: well entrenched in the community and community development in the chamber and after all those years. Two big things. The highs and the lows are really striking in terms of... um, use okay. in the hotel and the restaurant or the bar. So we go from lonely lodge to sold out city, <laughs> sometimes several times a week. And then the lows for the month of January were shockingly low. Wow. And I was like, Oh my goodness. What in the world are we going to be? Cause it was just that low. Uh-huh. But then April, April, was beyond our wildest expectations. So it's been a huge challenge to mitigate or try to manage Mm -hmm. that. And that ties in with the other big thing. There are not enough people to fill the jobs in many small towns. There are not enough people. Even in a town like Grinnell? Even in a town like Grinnell. We have 400 job openings. There are no people to fill them. I don't know how I'm going to grow my business if we don't get more people to live here. Wow. You know, in a bigger town, you have a bigger critical mass of people, and you might find more people that would be willing to jump in in case it gets busy. So my little mighty crew is efficient enough to be just about perfect in the Lonely Lodge times, that it financially, it can be doable. But then all of them, I have found a group of people that just are chameleons and can do it all. So the way we've managed that is that if we have an event like that conference we had with 350 people, all the housekeepers, all the front desk people, all the food and beverage people, we're all like, you know, relocating sort of, Uh you know, temporarily to help out with, with that big spike Uh in business. And then, you know, so that has been the, the hard things is that, and they, you know, kind of one exacerbates the, the issue, but those peaks are so much higher and the lows are so much lower. Um, and if you're not, uh, well capitalized enough in a small place. If you don't have the money to get through the learning curve, on you know, going holy cow, January is really bad. If you don't have the money to get through that whole learning curve of what's going to happen, I think that's a a really big problem in that a revolving door of small businesses in rural places. Is because access capital isn't easy because of the risk involved in small places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on a on a more general sense, though, um, there are not enough people to fill the jobs, and there's 400 jobs. I pay housekeepers much more than their Des Moines counterparts because when I have found a good one. I hang on to that part of your (laughs) life, but it's been really challenging. I I joked with guests, but it really wasn't a joke. I was starting to think, maybe this needs to be an experiential hotel where you uh, clean your own room (laughs) and you make your own food. You may have some instructions or something. Um, Now I feel like we have this really great, small, but mighty and they're kind of fearless team. But the other thing that I had to do in short order was cross-train everyone because the front desk person might need to make rooms that day or the, you know, the food and beverage person might have to do the overnight shift and the, the restaurant person might need to cover the front desk. So cross-training helped. Um, because now, you know, you have a little more flexibility with the, that small team that we've got. But I, I honestly don't know how we're going to grow uh, small places that don't have all the variety in people in, and in, you know, all of the things that young people want to have a fun life. I mean, in variety and people, I mean, people to, you know, have relationships with.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: There's less people to choose from. And I find that if we can get after that vitality piece in these small places, we will be able to attract. Half of my workforce are young people. And for one reason or another, you know, if we do exciting things, they want to be a part of exciting things. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fortunate that I do have my share of young people. But if we don't figure out a way to get more workforce here, if we don't figure out a way to solve immigration, there won't be enough people to grow these businesses in small towns. Because it's still going to be a fight to get millennials not to go to Chicago or Denver or Des Moines. Yes. But I find, you know, with first generation immigrants, oh my goodness, they're grateful for a peaceful place a bomb is not going off in their backyard their children are safe and can ride a bike around and they have clean drinking water think about the threshold and a millennial you know or a young young person their threshold is you know is there lots of shopping lots of people to meet you know and lots of food and beverage options Mm-hmm. You know, that's a yeah, big threshold. We're talking is. basic needs and in a small city, we're really great at safety. There's not a safer place on the planet, in my opinion. Yeah. I it's funny, I with the college, I actually have had the privilege of welcoming first time visitors that have never been in the country before. And they land in my hotel, their first head on the pillow is in my hotel in the United States. It's the coolest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and the number, the first question is, who's watching the cars? Or is my things going to be safe in my room? Or is my, you know, Uh or do we need to take an escort with us walking around town? You know, so, and I would say as much as Midwestern weather is a deterrent sometimes for prospective students the safety piece and the kindness that they get um that's gonna make me tear up a little bit and the kindness that they experience um, in a small town absolutely outweighs the lows in the weather (laughs) yes so it's been a a really great experience but i think um you know we've got our it's a real challenge to, grow, to get enough people here. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear sometimes that um, there aren't enough jobs. We have so many jobs. There, it's crazy. You heard about there's a whole city in Nebraska that will give you $10,000 to relocate, right? And so will Vermont. I just oh, found there out. there you go. Yeah. And it's going to be a fight to get enough people even those bigger places, that city is 30,000 people in Nebraska. This is 10,000. Yeah. Um, so we're going to really have to look at a way to get, you know, more people here. I mean, it, that's
0: the Holy Grail, right? Yes. Yeah. Growth. But I also think that's a key role that you're playing because people are moving away because they're there are no jobs, and they're not used to having them available. So thankfully, we have people like you who are stepping out and creating jobs, and hopefully that can turn this whole thing around.
1: Well, it's it's daunting, though, because like in the Wall Street Journal, the headline in the a few weeks in the paper was, there are not enough workers to fill Iowa jobs. Interesting. There's just not enough people. And that's, you know, Des Moines has been really smart in getting enough housing. So much of my work at the chamber was about figuring out affordable housing and making some things happen on that front. Because we have uh, 4,000 people in commuting into Grinnell every single day.
0: Really? Yes. Wow. Because
1: we have the jobs, but we don't have the housing and when you're looking for a place to rent, you look for three days. Wow. When you're looking for a place to own, which is uncommon in your first jobs and your young people, we, and so many towns are like that. Yeah. So we're getting all these in but guess what? Incommuters don't spend like residents and visitors. If you're laying your head here, you're spending money, you know, you're contributing to the economy a lot, but if you're in and out, it's it. They're the the least. Um, so in commuters, although incredibly important to workforce and to keeping those places going, from you know the restaurant, you know restaurant spending that kind of thing, are definitely behind the residents and visitors. So how far is Des Moines from here? Forty five quick minutes. So, so they're driving quite a ways. They are. Mm-hmm. We also get you know other neighboring towns. Um, and that is something I think everyone who is looking to grow small rural economies, don't forget that the interstate rolls both ways. Because there are ways if you pool your resources, if you collaborate, you don't have the budget to get visitors to come on your own most times. But if you pool your resources and um, try to figure that out as a collective, um There's a brand to be had in every town, and there's unique competitive advantages that can be marketed in a compelling way to outsiders. And I'm just getting started. Yeah, that's
0: so good. Well, how has this whole journey stretched you? And how have you grown through all of this? I mean, that's 10 years of your life that you've really poured into this project. Well, the
1: first... Seven of those, I had a lot going on with housing and supporting the workforce as, as my job. So um, it, it, it's only been four years that it's been my full-time endeavor. Okay. So those four years, um, I would tell you that I've grown, I listen, I hang on every word of people that are smarter than me a lot more than I did when I was younger and I, if I don't, I was too cocky and too proud maybe to ask for help or ask and really listen. Yeah, I think that might be a more natural evolution for me but it's very striking in how it's making things go. in in my business and my professional growth. So it's been, you know, a remarkable journey. And whenever I get scared or I get, like, how am I possibly going to get through whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I spend a shift working at the front desk. And it reminds me um, that this place matters, and this town matters, and it's helping get a really extraordinary little place, you know, some things it needed to show off all the rest of its parts. So that, or if I can't work at the front desk for an eight-hour shift, um, I read the TripAdvisor and Google and Expedia reviews, and that uh, keeps me going. It's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Because it feels like the product, it um, feels like it, it just matched um, the whole in the, or the, what was needed in variety of lodging in the town. It feels like it's um, really creating that vibrancy and that 18-hour vitality that
0: we're, that's the holy grail, as I said, in small places. Um, yeah well you obviously see a lot of potential in Grinnell and I love that what is it you love most about this town
1: there's just a history of innovation and some kind of a magic vortex that enough really invested s- people have taken upon themselves to make pieces of it quite extraordinary the falconer gallery for example is not an ordinary place. The college in itself is extraordinary. Brings some of the smartest people from all over the planet to our little place in the in the world. Um, there's some really great things going on in food and beverage. There's a, you know, the Prairie canary. The there's just I mean, that's another thing. We have 19 restaurants within walking distance of this hotel. I mean, within two blocks of the hotel. Wow. So we've got kind of this, you know, that food and beverage vibe. There's a great new uh, brew pub. As soon as you think, oh, there's nothing new, you know, um, then something happens and you're like, oh, boy. Uh, The park, the recreation, the way, you know, the city has guarded its density and also really taken care of different public spaces it's just the Spalding lofts I mean we turned an old that was um, a lot of work it uh, my time in the chamber was trying to figure out how to make that buggy factory into um, loft living so we have you know these great lofts downtown that young people live in now I mean so there's just a an innovative entrepreneurial some kind of spirit here that you really is striking, and you you notice it's palpable.
0: Well, you've got a great thing going on here with the Hotel Grinnell, and you've created something that could work for many other small towns too because, I mean, every town has a, a great empty building, right? Do you have any plans to take this other places?
1: I do. The, the goal um, of my investor and I are to do um, five of these. And so I'm looking, I'm really trying to figure out what the second one, right now it's between two. Um, And then, you know, we'll see where that road takes us. Um, So it'll be, you know, your gut tells you, oh, I could do even better if I went to a big place. But I think that the learning curve has been so steep and it's so hard to get you know, something like this to happen that I think I'd like to take that learning curve and be duplicative um, that way. But every hotel that I do will always celebrate where it is in the world.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, it's important to me that you really feel like you were somewhere because the first impression of a visitor is often where they lay their head you know, how you feel about a town, if you're traveling, whatever, how you feel about that has a lot to do with where you stay. Sure. And so if you're going to be really fired up about a place, I want the first impression and where you lay your head to give a voice to the vibe and the thing that we are and that we want to be. But I want you to be so welcomed and um, but it's always going to be affordable luxury because you're not going to ever pay peak rates in Grinnell like you would in Chicago. But thankfully, there are some really sold-out city times that allow that demand to go up and that price to go up to help us stay around in January. So I'm looking, and I, I, I'm absolutely um, interested in... In other places.
0: I'm so glad because this needs to be other places. I love what you're doing. Thank you. I can't wait to go back through this and just take notes on what you said. This has been fantastic. Well, I really
1: appreciate it. I'm pretty passionate about small and, um, you know, the horrible saying of if you can't, then teach or something like that.
0: Yeah. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's dumb. But anyway, there's a, th- a kind of a stigma, uh, the, a same kind of thing about, well, if you really, you know, have it going on, why would you be here? You know? Yeah. Why wouldn't you be in New York or, you know? And I almost want to say, it's harder here. <laughs> it's really hard. So if you really do have it going on and you really, that your life's work needs to be impactful, there's no better place than a small place to
0: make that impact. So what would your advice be to someone who has a big vision and a big dream for a small place?
1: I would say that in comparison to your urban counterparts, you better have large doses of extra tenacity running through your blood because it's not easy but as I said where there's a will there's a way and tenacity takes the day so if you have all of those pieces that you would be um, that you know you have a, a vision that kind of thing you have the business skills to make that happen I'd say the main Difference or the main something something that you have to have in spades compared to your urban counterparts to counteract the opportunity cost, to counteract the risk piece, is tenacity. Because tenacity will take the day. And that would be, if you've got it all, everything else going on, I'd say that's the secret spice that's got to go into the sauce that you just got to keep going, be smart, get really smart people to help you. Without tenacity, the roadblocks are often more frequent. The obstacles might be rougher and higher. So with tenacity, they will be overcome. As long as you've already got some business sense about you and you're wherever you don't, you're asking people. You're engaging really smart people to help you, but those obstacles tend to be higher, um, and and the road a little longer. So that's where tenacity just keeps fueling you through another day. And I think that's um, I think all entrepreneurs have to have that, but especially in small places, you've got to have that extra you know, I'm going to figure this out, you know, and get people to help you um, and don't give up. I think vision can fuel a lot of things, but going the distance tends to be tough. So that's where tenacity, you've got, you know, you've got to just um, keep going. Um, If all of the right pieces are in place, Tenacity can take the day. So I'm not, I, I got smart people to help me, you know, in the things that I didn't have um, in my wheelhouse. Um, but it takes tenacity to keep everyone engaged and keep going, keep chugging. Um, so making an impact in a small place is a very worthy
0: endeavor. Wow. I think that's a pretty good place to end. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I I appreciate
1: the uh, opportunity to go on and on and talk about what I am feel strongly about and to show off. I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I just sat there the entire time going, wow, that was some amazing information. One of my favorite quotes, in a small place, our historic buildings are one of our only natural resources. It's so true. And I love Angela's intention to choose small towns over big cities. And her project with Hotel Grinnell is so exciting and really just getting started. You absolutely need to check out hotelgrinnell.com to see the pictures of how amazing this place really is. And we provide links to all of that in our show notes as well. Well, that's it for today, and we'll be right back here with you next week. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.